welcome to another episode, but not just another episode, the 200th episode of Sweetness and Light. I'm one of your hosts, Justin, along with... Another one of your hosts, Eric. Dude, how are you? You know, I'm celebratory. It's uh, it's a pretty, pretty big milestone, you know, as people know from... Uh, um, our previous discussions back in the day when, uh, you know, when TV was TV and not streaming, uh, the big deal was getting to 100 because that's all about syndication, uh, 200. I mean, that's a huge milestone. And can I just say to you, happy bicentenary to you, happy bicentenary to you, happy bicentenary, dear sweetness and light, happy bicentenary to us. I got to tell you, I know most people can't see this, but I'm getting a little teary-eyed, my friend. That was beautiful. Well, you know, uh, it felt it felt right. It felt like this was the time. If we're going to do, you're going to uh, talk about someone's bicentenary at any time. It ought to be under 200. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, dude, this feels like an unbelievably great milestone. And I was going to ask you, let's relive some of not only our favorite moments of the show, but maybe some, you know, our favorite moments in history. What do you think today? Yeah, absolutely. Just to, you know, so, some of the things that were going that uh, that we'd done on the show, as well as some of the things that were going on uh, when we were recording the show. Like, um, for example, I guess, you know, you know, a lot of people attribute, uh, you know, and it, it's, it's finally becoming very discredited. But, you know, for for a couple centuries in this this country, people uh, were all about Christopher Columbus and Columbus Day and discovering uh, the new world and uh, discovering the, the the world is is round. It really none of those things true. And uh, <laughs> and as it turns out, kind of an ass and a poor navigator. And um, but you know, e even the the basic thing, discovering the world is round. You know, this is this is going back to our history. Uh, the ancient Greeks knew that. You know, they yeah. they. I mean, that's that's a crazy thing. They knew that. You know, they 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 knew. We were revolving around the sun. They knew the sun was in a fixed spot relative to, you know, to, to the earth and that uh, they looked down deep wells and they could tell at a certain time of day, you know, that, okay, the sun is looking straight down. Now we can measure to the next well that's over and, and through that use, use a little trigonometry and, and figure out the circumference, circumference of the earth. You know, so and just um, for you guys, that's way before any calculators or slide rules were invented. Yeah. So, um, you know give credit where credit is due and take it away where it's not due. So, I mean, you know, again, looking, so looking, looking back on some of our history. So we and the ancient Greeks were a bit ahead of, uh, of Chris Columbus. Uh, we're ahead of our time. I have to say, I got to think, I mean, just think about where we started. We started out recording in universal studios, the Hitchcock building together. And now we're we've had the show going for, I don't know, close to four years now. That's pretty badass, my friend. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, a, it's been a history to, uh, to revere, um, you know, and we, we only started sharing some of these more recently and, and, you know, a lot of it had been in our back catalog. Um, uh, and, you know, just a heads up to our uh, listeners, a lot of the vintage uh, editions will be up at uh, some, some point as, uh, Matt starts uh, producing some of the, the original content. Uh, so you'll be able to hear, um, what Justy likes to call sweetness and light, uh, part one. Uh, you know, I almost want to say like it's like BCCE almost, right? I mean, like, I feel like that's kind of what it was because we were struggling to get our stuff published for so long. And then all of a sudden one day we solved the issue and then we were to publish ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it's like um, before the common era with with our friends, the ancient Greeks. <laughs> it felt like that. It felt like we were going back in time and trying to deal with some archaic technology. Then we solved the problem like everything else. Not using trigonometry, though. I got to tell you, this was just good old, you know, know-how and digging and research. But Ingenuity. Um, ingenuity. 
And, you know, I mean, for those that don't know, our very first episode was recorded with my father. And I will tell you that the uh, the part that Eric may not know about this is that after the show, we all hung out, had a great time. But on the way home, he, like in the airport, would, could not shut up. He's like, oh, that was that was amazing. I, I just want to let you know that um, I expect a, a payment check from this. And I'm going, what do you mean? He's like, well, the, the royalties from this, you know, I don't just do these things for free. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> So little, so that, that's the reason we've been that. keeping that episode in the vaults, so that uh, so we don't have to pay him. I think that's a good call. We should release every other episode other than that. <laughs> well, I just looked at him and I was like, Dad, that's not how this works. Like, you, you are a guest. Congratulations. We're actually helping you more than you helped us. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, the payment should be going the other direction. So it's just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, pay, pay, pay to play, as you like to say. Absolutely. Um, and by the way, he's also on episode two. No, that's recorded right. They were back to back. Yep. Yeah. Back to front. I will tell you, you know, one of the funniest things about this show is that we have survived so many things. If you think about it, like a pandemic, just weirdness overall, economy shifts, like, you know, war in Ukraine. I mean, that's all gone on just during the show. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd like to think that um, we're part of the, you know, we survived it, obviously, but we're part of the reason the world has gotten through. Bringing you know, a little. I think we're. Well, we brought a little sweetness and light into everyone's lives. It, you stole the line, dude. That was beautiful. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's, and that's part of the reason that the show is so much fun. And, you know, looking back, I was looking through our, our, our archive here on Zencaster, and it's funny because uh, I realized that we actually may have over 200 episodes because we've done A and B of some episodes. Wow. Wow. Yes. So... This is like, um, so you're saying this is like the 200th episode in name only, and not even that because that's not the name that that any of our listeners are aware of. <laughs> but uh, but but you're saying even to us it's not that. You're saying this is this is a little like um, like the millennium, like everyone celebrated it, you know, at uh, uh, December 31st, uh, 1999, Jan 1st, uh, 2000, when really, as everyone knows, decades and 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 centenaries and millennia start. Yeah, after that year one, because there was no year zero. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, think, there, there was a Prince song that everyone was, I think that's what did it. If I was to look back in history, I think Party Like It's 1999 set the precedent, and it was such a world hit that I think everyone just got that in their head. Oh, crap, it's, you know. You don't think people like, would have celebrated the millennium had there been no Prince song? I don't want to, I don't want to say no, but I don't want to say yes 100 percent either wow wow and wow okay <laughs> i mean people That's will ce people will celebrate was. anything people celebrate you know catversaries and dogversaries they're certainly going to celebrate you know the uh the 2000th year of the uh, uh you know of uh, uh, post bc uh, ad name of uh, our agree. lord yeah but uh, you know just it doesn't sound as good on ads, though, right? Like you're going to celebrate 2001. Well, and it's it's, it's confusing to be, except that it was, uh, you know, a, a huge movie. Uh, yes, and still, I got to tell you that voice to this day. My brother, like, will sometimes text me, like he's got a some sort of voice he uses instead of Siri on his phone, and he, it sounds like Hal, and he'll send it to me, and that voice still creeps me out to this day. Well, Ugh. there's a lot of speculation that you know Hal. 
is is sort of the inspiration for Siri and Alexa and all all those. Vo- they've tended to go with the default voices being female, but there's still that dry, monotone, relaxing type of voice, as opposed to like you know a more yeah. assertive kind of voice or anything else. And so, you know, they all talk in a very doesn't sound at all robotic, but it does sound. You know, it's, it, it's sort of like, you know, like Hal did and um, which was such a crazy story. You know, that 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 was not the original voice, just like Scarlett no, Johansson was not the original voice, you know, in uh, in. Tell me about it. it. What are you talking about? So they were. Well, you know that in uh, Scarlett Johansson did the voice in, in her like the, uh, you yes. know, with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, that was originally uh, another actor when anyway, he was playing against another actor. And then at the last minute, they decided, um, let's change that. We that, that yeah, that doesn't work as well as it could. And they got Scarlett to redo all of the vo- the the lines. And similarly, um, wow, yeah, with uh, with Hal, you know, in in two thousand one, um, completely recorded with with another person, and um, your boy Kubrick decided that he. Uh, he didn't love it, and so he he brought in uh, the Canadian actor uh, Douglas Rain to uh, to step in and and redo the voice, even though you know the actors had originally done it with uh, uh, against against another voice. Now that is uh, so. First of all, it's an unbelievable story because I had no idea that occurred. His voice, though, I would love to hear what it was originally because this voice is so I mean so iconic, right? Like I mean, for having a sub in, he, I got to give. Kubrick credit. He really, I don't know what the first one sounded like, but he nailed it with the second for sure. Well, the first one was British. So, I mean, originally during rehearsals, it was your girl, Stephanie Powers, who did it. It was a female? I had no idea. And, you know, and not just a female, I mean, an iconic female. So Stephanie Powers, you know. It's a great, she's got a great voice too. I don't think it would have had the same effect though, because it's it's not as eerie. But she wasn't who did it when they actually, that was just for rehearsals because he hadn't figured out what he wanted yet. And so then um, uh, they actually got a British actor, uh, Nigel Davenport. So he was who, who was doing it during production, and that's what everyone was playing against, you know, and and assumed that that was the voice. Um, but then in the end, uh, went to went to your boy Douglas Rains. Wow. Well, good for him, and he nailed it. But I'll tell you, I still get there's something about that voice that because I have a friend out here that has a voice similar. He's more. He's not monotone like that. He's much more inflectic. But I will tell you, when I when he's monotone, it creeps me out. Uh, I can't stand it. Like it just sounds like a serial killer. I don't know. It just creeps me out. So yeah, but <clears throat> it's, it's funny you say that because that's you know that's become sort of the uh, you know there's articles and 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 theories on how again you know when Apple and Google and um, Amazon were all creating their synthetic voices, they all used voices that uh, that had the sort of same kind of aspect talking you know not not entirely monotone but just even even toned with mu- without much inflection but to that point i'm not a huge siri fan like I, I don't like alexa's voice either like both of them are i feel like they're condescending almost <laughs> well maybe to you <laughs> well possibly possibly yeah. absolutely hey Justin, My, uh, pick up your clothes like for instance bailey asked this morning she goes hey alexa do men, do women have more taste buds than men? And Siri goes, let me look that up. Da, 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 da. According to such and such, absolutely. And she cites the source that they have like 30% more taste buds than men. And it was almost like she was so ecstatic to prove that, yep, women are, are superior to men. 
And maybe that's where, maybe it's just fresh in my mind. That's why I feel like it's a little condescending. But again, maybe that's because she knew you were in the room listening. So she <laughs> directed it directly at me. Yeah. The, uh, the AI built behind it's like, oh, yep, Proust is in there. All right, let's, uh, let's add a yeah. little bit of sarcasm to this tone. Yeah. I mean, I could absolutely see that. In fact, you know what? That may be a great introduction to this show. We might have to add or have Matt edit in Siri saying our name at the beginning of the show. Here, well, do, do, give me a sound. What would it sound like? It'd be like, welcome to another episode of Sweetness and Light. Let's introduce your hosts and then pass it off to us. Welcome to another episode of Sweetness and Light. Let's introduce your hosts. Wow. Wow. What do you think? That could be interesting. Maybe give it give it a shot for you know for so since we're in the bicentenary uh, episodes, we could get uh, see see if that uh, that works. I mean, we've come all the way from the past. Let's go to the future. Uh, I think we do that every episode. This is just launching us even further. Now, Eric, I got to ask you real quick though. So, what is one of your favorite moments of the show? You know, uh, there was a whole stretch when early in the pandemic, we didn't know the pandemic was going to be going on uh, as long as it did and has. And, um, you know, there's a lot of just sort of the the day to day things that came up like, you know, we, this is this is where we introduced um, you and your uh, your 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 ultra right wing neighbors. Um, <laughs> and I and I have to say yep. ultra right wing because, for you know, for our listeners who don't know, you know, Justy is a is, is is a centrist at most, and you know he um you know someone who who, who might have dabbled on the right, and but these you know these people are far far right of you, um, Oof, and then yeah. similarly um you know this is where we sort of like launched the whole notion of uh, of blading four hundred and seventy days in a row, you know, so all all of those you know and and the audience got to follow along that we uh, these things do we did not expect these things to go on as long as they did. We did not expect these things to be recurring themes and stories, but they uh, permeated the entire show. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, we certainly didn't expect bulletproof coffee and uh, and uh, various forms of uh, of keto and and low carb to be as as prominent as they have been. Oh, and the oat diet. Remember that the whole oatmeal diet that was huge. And yeah, that was because of the pandemic. We started talking about that and your yeah. you know infamous weight loss, all that. Yeah, well, or famous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, famous. I mean, I'm still Kelly got a huge laugh out of it because she never heard that episode before. So I played it for her Saturday or Sunday this week, and she's like, "Before we even said what it was, she's like, oh, it's because he didn't drink.'" And then, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Well, speaking I mean, of which, before it, he, so after our show yesterday, I'd forgotten I had a, an appointment with my nephrologist. Now, you know, um, I guess that's also one of the things we brought. You know, so once every three months now, after being. You know, weekly right after I was in the hospital with the uh, uh, the kidney failure, another great uh, a great topic on the show. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd actually hadn't I'd hadn't noticed on my calendar, and so I was in the booth after uh, our show uh, doing some voiceover auditions, and then suddenly I get this notification. Um, yeah, <laughs> nephrologist in in ten minutes, and I'm like, what? I didn't know I can get there in 10 minutes. And so I, I jump in the car. I, I start driving over. I call and I say, I'm going to be a bit late. I kind of fudged out, you know, that I said I, I said I was going to be late, but not quite as late as I was going to be. Um, and then, you know, meet up with the uh, the doctor, have a good appointment, t- take some blood tests. Although even that was a little questionable because I because I'd forgotten I hadn't, you know, I hadn't fasted. And, and uh, you know, we, are, we oh. always do like cl- uh, cholesterol lip, uh, lipid panel. And yeah. uh, he said it doesn't matter. And I know that that's been sort of the research more and more because it used to be you had to wait like, how, you know, you, you couldn't 
eat or drink anything for half a day. And then, Wait, and then more recently, they've been saying, anymore? well, more recently they've been saying half a day is too long. Like, you know, 10 hours or even eight hours is probably fine. He's like, it really doesn't matter at all. Like he said, you know, it might have some marginal effect, but it's, it's not, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not before they thought it invalidated the results. Now they think it doesn't. Yeah. Because just like we know, you know, I mean, just like dietary cholesterol has virtually no, very little impact, you know, 10% impact on, on serum cholesterol, um, even all the fat you consume. Now that said, I didn't mention that what I'd had was a bulletproof coffee. So just loaded with fat, uh-huh. you know, so, so just, you know, a tablespoon and a half of butter and a bunch of MCT oil. So I suspect it may have some type of impact, um, but we'll see when the results come in. But I bring it Eric, up because technically 700% above where you're supposed to be. <laughs> I bring it up because um, I, he, you know, he asked me some story and, or he asked me something and I, in it, I sort of get compared to the fact that my dad hardly drank at all. And that, you know, it's certainly not compared to his son. And then at the end of the conversation, he's like, um, so you said you drink a lot? And I'm like kicking myself. Like, why, why, would, I, why would I tell my nephrologist? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I'm actually saying my dad hardly drinks at all. I, um, you know, if I drink three drinks in a, in a week, that's a lot. Or in an hour. Yeah. I will say, <laughs> I will say that with, uh, with our boy, you know, we'd mentioned uh, before being at the dances with films, um, mixer and i uh was hanging out with our boy jose ortega the uh, theater manager and one of the programmers there and um at the thirsty merchant uh they have uh yeah i, I think i mentioned they upsize cocktails you know they'd make them in doubles for uh, for two bucks so there i'm drinking yeah yeah but i mean i didn't tell my nephrologist that i'm drinking you know drinking doubles <laughs> uh you know double manhattans so what does your nephrologist say to that though? I'm dying to know. He, to the to the booze comment? Yeah, like what he, did he like? Wait. Well, he goes. So you're saying your dad was a teetotaler, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not what I was saying, but I was, I'm like, okay, if that's if that's what he'll believe, then that's great. I mean, my dad was not a big drinker, but um, but he wasn't exactly a he teetotaler either. Yeah. So you know, he he didn't total his teas. So. So. What I mean, you like I honestly don't know about the condition with your kidneys. Are you supposed to give up drinking, or is it like no? I don't, know I don't what think so. Is. I don't think so. I think, I, but I do think, I think any doctor would say that drinking excessively is probably not not the great the greatest idea. And I guess the most recent research in the last few weeks, you know, for you know for decades we've been saying a drink a day is good. Certainly, everyone's been saying a glass of red wine a day is is a good thing. Absolutely. Or, you know, um, but the most recent study. Uh, a few weeks ago, was saying, no, that uh, no level of alcohol is good for you. Now, who published this one? Just out of curiosity, because I haven't read that they, that they changed it yet again. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it always changes, and and so I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of caution and, and keep on drinking. But um, but that's <laughs> that. Yeah, that was the most recent uh, well, alcohol. But news. you don't just drink; you drink only top shelf premium. So it's actually it's not like you're drinking kumchatka. I mean, you're drinking. The high end, triple, you know, whatever, how much refining you can get. So it's probably actually not nearly as caustic to your body as other kinds of alcohol, right? I would like to think so. Certainly not having all the impurities and everything, and you know, and 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 I and I've developed a, you know, a, uh, um, I'd like to think I've developed a tolerance. Uh, so uh, so this this is a pretty credible alcoholism if you develop a tolerance. <laughs> this is a pretty this is a pretty good uh, credible group of people. So it was, it was published in uh, JAMA Network Open, um, led okay, by a team counts. from 
led by a team from Massachusetts General Hospital, the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard. So, you know, I mean, credible places. Uh, 371,463 adults, average age of 57, average alcohol consumption of 9.2 drinks per week. All were in the UK biobank. Yeah, so it's Brits. Maybe Brits should drink. Um, cons- consistent with earlier studies, investigators found the light to moderate drinkers had the lowest heart disease, followed by people who sustained from drinking. People who drank heavily had the highest risk. However, the team also found that light to moderate drinkers tended to have healthier lifestyles than healthier lifestyles than abstainers such as more physical what? activity and vegetable intake and less smoking. So there's so the suggestion here is that, you know, some of what we were seeing before was that uh, there seemed to be lifestyle. a correlation with, low, yeah, that it seemed that that moderate amounts, light to moderate drinking was good for you, but now they're suggesting it's the other lifestyle effects. So they said taking just a few lifestyle factors into account significantly lowered any benefit associated with alcohol consumption. Wow. That's actually fascinating. So Holy crap. T- so – you're dropping some big news today, my friend. Oh, yeah. Well, it's episode 200. We want to make it worthwhile. The study also applied the latest techniques in a method called Mendelian randomization, which uses genetic variants to determine whether an observed link between an exposure and an outcome is consistent with a causal effect. In this case, whether light alcohol consumption causes a person to be protected against cardio- cardiovascular disease. In quotes, newer and more advanced techniques in nonlinear Mendelian randomization now permit the use of human genetic data to evaluate direct. We therefore leverage these new tech. We can skip over that. Uh, to yeah, better understand say, the, association, the association between habitual alcohol intake and cardiovascular disease. So, um, well, analysis. Like but you, you live both those lines. You drink a little bit and you're very healthy. So you actually fit that, what they're saying to I a T. I might be those people. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm not British, nor would I want to be, but, um, but I might be those people. Uh, but here, well, here's the here's the here's the key findings. Just but you know, but to, just for our people to, to celebrate the bicentenary, the analyses also revealed substantial differences in cardiovascular risk across the spectrum of alcohol consumption among both men and women, with minimal increase in risk when going from zero to seven drinks a week. So that's still considered light, you know. Much higher risk increases when progressing progressing from seven to fourteen, and especially high risk when consuming twenty one or more drinks per week. So beware, Bruce. Notably, the findings suggest a, r- a rise in cardiovascular risk, even at levels deemed low risk by national guidelines from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, i.e. below two drinks per day for men and one drink per day for a woman. Wow. Oh, so there you go. There you go. Dude, Here, that, here's that's another, some knowledge. Here's another one for you that just, um, you know, that was that was on uh, in, in in the Harvard Gazette. It, well, yes, it was published in JAMA, but uh, what I was citing, I was reading from the Harvard Gazette, uh, from okay. from Penn Today, from another fine school, University of Pennsylvania. Uh, they happened a study that they have uh, posted up there. One alcoholic drink a day linked with reduced brain size. Uh, I gotta say that's probably accurate. <laughs> so, so that's not that's not appealing though either, right? So. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and, and they, they start they, they start out the the article very definitively. The science on heavy drinking and brain and the brain is clear. The two don't have a healthy relationship. So. <laughs> oh, Eric. Well, the good news is you were so smart that even a slight reduction. You know, this is almost like you were. You could be at a higher level. As I think what this is saying here, you're intelligent. You could be extraordinarily intelligent. In fact, I would say that even during those, I don't know, three months, whatever, when you abstained, you were slightly smarter. Wow. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks. 
thanks for the flattering words and and uh, yes and 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 thanks for the observation I suppose. Um, <laughs> What it specifically says is, according to a new study, alcohol consumption, even at levels most would consider modest, a few beers or glasses of wine a week, may also carry risk to the brain. An analysis of data from more than 36,000 adults. So again, you know, these are pretty big sample sizes. Led by a team from the University of Pennsylvania, good school, found that light to moderate alcohol consumption was associated with reductions in overall brain volume. That's not good. It's not great. But we like to think in this show that we are the alcohol equivalent we give you that intoxication with none of the side effects right yeah exactly so we're yeah we're giving you a you know a, a light to, to moderate to to huge buzz depending who you are and how you react um with no consequences 100 percent. and with that i want to say eric thank you for a spectacular 200th episode or close to it we we know we're at least at 200 if not above so thank you Thanks, buddy. Well, I'm going to take that one step further and, th- and say thank you for 200 or close to 200 episodes. You're, you're fantastic, my friend. To our audience, to everyone else, thank you. Can't wait to see you next time.